All was good. All was good. You know, if you listen to evolution, all was not good. All was not good. In fact, it's not been good for a long time. The strong prey on the weak. Eons and eons supposedly go by. The struggle for life goes on and on and on and will continue to go on and on. Millions of years in the past and millions of years maybe after humans have finished their meaningless existence, evolution says things will keep going. Is that really how it is? That really ha thank you. <laughs> what does God say about that? How does God approach this? What does God have to say about this? Evolution suggests that millions of years of this constant death and life and death cycle has gone on in order to bring this world to where it is today and how we know it is now. In other words, death is necessary for existence in evolutionary theory. Is that right? Is death a necessary evil? Is that right? Thank you. <laughs> what does God's Word say? What does God's Word say? In Genesis chapter 1, in Genesis chapter 1, we read that God looked at what He had created. In Genesis chapter 1, and in verse 31, the end of chapter 1, it says, Then God saw everything that He had made, and indeed, it was very good. It was very good. God didn't make junk. It's that simple, right? God didn't make junk. What God made was not just even good, it was very good. God made good things for us. By contrast, the Bible tells us that death is a result of sin. In fact, Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, the wages of sin is death. Give me time. <laughs> the wages of sin is death. If the wages of sin is not death. If death is simply the normal thing, it happened for millions of years and it's going to be happening for millions of years. If this is just normal, if death is necessary, in fact, for life, why do we need a Savior? You see the subtle destruction of the very foundations of our message if we believe, even in what's tried to, to mold the unmoldable, to mesh the unmeshable, to, to reconcile the irreconcilable by calling it theistic evolution. 
it ruins everything that we understand the Bible is telling us. It ruins what we see here as the foundation of our faith. That Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world, gave himself because of sin. Thus, the last part of Romans 6.23, the gift of God is eternal life. And so, we don't have death as a necessity. But evolution assumes the theory of evolution. You notice they've begun to drop the word theory and just call it evolution. How come? Because they want it to appear as fact. Pardon me if I continue to call it a theory. Last time I checked, no one can prove it, therefore it remains a theory. <laughs> the theory of evolution would have us believe that what we see now, what we see recorded in geologic time is what has always been. Things just continue to continue to continue. And that's the way it's always been and that's the way it'll always be. Rocks where we find fossils are, are dated millions and millions of years old. And so, well, that fossil must be millions of years old, right? <laughs> yeah. And all because some particle decays at a certain rate. And we know this. And therefore, it must be millions of years old. Right? But I want to ask you something. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken, of course. The chicken came first. Did God on the sixth day create a baby? Well, in 30 years, we'll wait for him to grow up. You know, is that what it was? And we waited 30 years for Sabbath? Is that how this worked? <laughs> The chicken came first. God is quite capable of making a mature human being. A mature chicken, a mature cow, a mature world. Right? We don't need theistic evolution where a God incapable of, of actually creating a full and functional world creates the bits to get it started and then says, well, let's uh, let things happen because, uh, boy, I'm stuck now. That's not God, is it? He's quite capable of creating a fully functional world and did so. He created a complete human being. No problem for God. He's able. He's able. That's the God we serve. He's able. And 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 4 says saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue. Isn't it amazing that 2,000 years ago, Peter almost verbatim says what we hear the theory of evolution saying today? All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And so we see here that this undermines our message 
of the second coming of Jesus as well. Because if it always was millions of years in the past, then there's no reason to think it's going to end at any time. It's not going to be a second coming. So why are you Adventist if you believe the theory of evolution? They can't be harmonized. They don't go together. We have faith that when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place, I will, will come again to receive you. Why? That where I am, there you may be also, right? Jesus is coming again because He wants to be with us. This is not a God who is remote, a God who is out there somewhere in the cosmos who could care less about this place and allows nature to take its course forever. This is a God who is intimately involved in your life and mine. A God who loves, a God who cares, a God who came here to this earth and got His hands dirty. In fact... He got his hands pierced for you and I. That's the God we serve. One who is involved. Not one who wound this clock up and then threw it in a drawer. This is a God who loves. The theory of evolution contends that bringing this earth to this state we know took millions of years, millions of years but that directly contradicts the Bible. Over and over, Genesis 1 again declares that a day is still a 24-hour day. 24 hours. In fact, verse 5 says, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Evening, morning equals day. <laughs> right? Verse 8, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And the evening and the morning, verse 13, third day. And so it goes all the way through. Verse 13, verse 19, verse 23, and verse 31. Again, the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Day by day, each one filled with its work of creation of creation. And so the Bible has this picture of how this world came into view and it didn't take millions of years. There's no way to stretch out that evening and morning into millions of years. It doesn't happen. The evening and the morning and that seven-day cycle is God's doing. It's not because somebody dreamed it up or decided that's what it ought to be. God chose that rhythm, that cycle. Evening and morning and evening and morning. And so, again, as Seventh-day Adventists, the evening and the morning tell us how to keep the Sabbath. Not because Moses said so. This was long before Moses <laughs> but because the Creator told us so. Because God was there telling us how it should be. 
And he blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. We are to remember the Sabbath. Why? Because the Jews kept it? Is it Jewish? Is that what it's about? It's about creation, isn't it? It's about the Creator. For in six days the Lord created the heavens and the earth. This is why we are who we are. If we don't hold to the Bible account, if we don't take these things as truth, if we do not place our faith in them, it's very difficult to imagine being Seventh-day Adventist because they strike at the heart of the seventh day. They strike at the heart of being Adventist. We're talking today about the sixth of the fundamental beliefs. Perhaps you've heard that that had been challenged even by some Seventh-day Adventists. Perhaps you've heard that there was some questions about this, perhaps even at our own university settings. You might have heard some of these things. I want you to know the General Conference has restudied this and affirmed this fundamental belief. This is who we are. We believe in the Creator God. That's why we're Seventh-day Adventist. Because we believe in the Creator God. This is at the foundation of who we are and what we're all about as we worship the Creator. And this is not just, again, some existential God way out there somewhere. This is Jesus. Because He is the Creator. By Him and for Him were all things created. This is not about some far away, off in the distance God. This is the God who loved us enough to break into history, to come here for you and I, to give Himself an offering for sin and give us salvation. But maybe the Israelites were just backward slaves who didn't have a clue and they came out of slavery and were just too, you know, it was too awkward to try to explain to these ignorant people about millions of years and, you know, the geologic column and, really? One of the oldest books in the Bible is the book of Job, isn't it? In Job chapter 26 and verse 7 it says, He stretched out the north over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. Ooh, good thing those ignorant slaves could understand that, huh? But they couldn't understand the origin of man, so we had to hide that. God trying to hide the truth. Does this sound like the God you know? No, these people understood. They understood that when God spoke, it stood fast. 
when He commanded, it was there. There was no, no hiding on God's part. They were not ignorant people. As we think about this, death cannot be harmonized with everlasting life. Evil is not necessary. I spent a good long time in the Far East. Spent a long time there. I'm not sure if you remember what the Korean flag looks like. You know? It's white background. It's got the little circle with the red and blue thing in the middle. Right? And then it's got the little bars around the outside. Do you know what that little red and blue thing is in the middle? You know, that's kind of like... Kind of like paisleys, yeah. You know, two little paisleys, a red one and a blue one, right? You know what that's symbolizing? Good and evil. It's yin and yang. It's, it's the idea that you need both sides. You need good and evil to have the whole picture, to understand all of it. That evil is necessary or you don't have the whole story. Really? I loved it when my students brought that up when I discussed this with them. That evil is not necessary. That evil will be done away. Aren't you glad someday evil will be done away with? <laughs> I loved it when we discussed that with them. And I said, I have a great idea then. Next class, because I was teaching Bible class to them, I said, next class, I'll bring a hammer. And they started to get a little suspicious. <laughs> I said, I want you to hold your hand up against the wall and I'll whack one of your fingers with this, with this hammer. For some reason, they weren't okay with that. I'm not sure why. And I told them, I just want you to know how good the rest of your fingers feel. But they weren't buying it for some reason. They didn't need their fingers smashed to know the other nine were good. Right? We don't need evil. We don't need death. We don't need these things. We cannot harmonize an absentee God with Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. While we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. We don't need that idea of a long, long history where God is absent. God is here. God is with us. And day by day, as we are in this world, we are to represent Christ to the world. As Christ is in this world, we need to teach the world that believes He's not involved that He is. Because we are involved. Now Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied to these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all. God is going to break in. God is going to come back. That is why we are Adventist. We believe in the coming of Jesus. Do you see how this sixth fundamental belief undergirds much of what we believe as Seventh-day Adventists. As Christians of whatever sort, 
we believe that God created and that he's coming back. That he made a start to history as we know it and he's going to end history as we know it and create a new heaven and a new earth. That's our message. That's why we're in this world to make a difference as Jesus had because he's in us. He's making a difference in us. And so this kind of evolution cannot be harmonized. We cannot harmonize millions of years with 24-hour days. God created on this 24-hour day pattern and it continues to the seventh day, the Sabbath. And so that seventh day is the memorial of creation. The Sabbath links us back to creation, links us back to the Creator. But the Sabbath also links us forward to our meaning in this world. Revelation chapter 14. Have you noticed how all the fundamental beliefs come back to our mission and purpose in this world? Revelation chapter 14. These are not just disconnected thoughts that make no difference to what we're supposed to be doing in this world. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7. The first angel is speaking and he's saying, verse 7, Revelation 14 verse 7, saying with a what? I can't hear you. There you go. Saying with a loud voice, brothers and sisters, our message needs to go out. If we sit in the corner and we whisper our message, are we really serious? It needs to be a loud message going out with assurance that we worship the Creator, that we worship the God who came to this earth to die for us, to worship the Lord who is coming back, the God who loves us. Revelation chapter 14, verse 7, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him. Why? Why should we do this? Why should we fear God? Why should we give glory to Him? Why should we even go out and say anything? Why not just let wor the world continue as it always has and it always will? Ah, it's never going to change. It's never going to change if we don't change. Okay, that was supposed to be a big moment right there. <laughs> we have to change. We have to be speaking out. We have to be giving this message. Not because, yeah, well, partly because, but not solely because we have a food pantry or a prison ministry or youth ministries or, or vacation Bible schools, but it's because we love God and we can't contain ourselves. We worship the Creator God. We are so anxious to tell others, fear God and worship Him. Why? For the hour of His judgment has come. God is breaking in to this world. God is making a difference. For the hour of His judgment has come and worship Him. Who is He? Who is this God that we worship? Who, 
Who cares? We care because it says, who? That's why I can't find it, because the page flipped while I walked. <laughs> Worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water, right? Worship the Creator God, the one who is responsible for all this. It's not just a world that just has happened upon us. We have meaningful existence. We're here on purpose, not by happenstance. And this world is not going to wink out of existence carrying its cargo of humanity just to just go back into some mush and then be reborn again over and over a million times with meaninglessness. We serve a God who is the creator. This is not just by chance. Worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. The Sabbath is our link to who we are in the past and who we are going forward. We are the people who give this message. It needs to burn in our souls and make a difference in what we do day by day with the people we meet. This sixth fundamental belief is important as it undergirds that message of who we are and what we are about. God is going to make a difference. Revelation chapter 21, verses 4 and 5. Revelation 21, verses 4 and 5. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more what? Death. No more death. No more death. This is not continuing as it always has, brothers and sisters. God is breaking in. No more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There will be no more pain for the former things. You see God making a difference here. The former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Brothers and sisters, we don't just wor worship a creator that started things a long time ago and walked away. We worship a creator who is involved. And not only that, he's going to make it new again. He's going to be a God who recreates. This is the God we serve. And he said to me, write, or if I may paraphrase for our time, brothers and sisters, speak, say something, witness, let people know. If we're joyful in our God, people should know. Right, for these things are true and faithful. I want you today to recommit your faith to what God is doing. To the fact that we worship the Creator God. 
that we understand as the Scriptures tell us that that's how it is, that we believe the Scriptures, we have faith in what God has said to us, that God is not hiding, God's not lying, God isn't allowing His Word to be corrupted through the centuries, and thus we don't have the real story. No, none of that. God didn't work by slow degrees, and man is the end. Man was the sixth day. Last time I checked, there's a seventh. The crowning of God's creation is the Sabbath. And that's not always a popular message. Well, what's wrong with doing that on the Sabbath? What's right with it? Maybe that's a better question. As we consider the creation, I want you to recommit to full faith in the Bible because our fundamental belief is that God is the Creator. And so, this week we have an opportunity to take this message. It is the message for this time to take out with a loud voice to tell people that the Creator God loves them and didn't leave them just here to float away and be gone and then someone else will come. This is our time to serve the Lord. I have the little cards with this fundamental belief on it that you can have as we go out. And I want you to be thinking about this message as you go through this week and how you can share it. The Lord will open you opportunities to tell others. Maybe, maybe as you come up to Friday, maybe as you come up to Friday and people say to you, hey, you going to the fireworks? Friday night, and you consider that the evening and the morning it gives you an opportunity to speak for the Lord. And so that's where we can go this week to praise the Lord.